Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Voices for Change 2.0. The mental health podcast that's changing the discussion one voice at a time. Featuring guests that will help end the stigma and keep talking mental health. And now, here are your hosts, Rebecca and Joe Lombardo. Hey guys, thank you for joining us this morning. We are so glad to have you with us. Good morning and welcome to Voices for Change 2.0. God, I I love our new intro. <laughs> I really do. I just sit here bopping, just rocking out to it. So I yeah. wish I'd I wish I'd written that music, but that's okay. I forgive you. <sighs> Thanks. Thanks for that. So. So what's new with us today? Uh, uh well, tomorrow it's not going to be February anymore. It's going to be March. Oh yeah, but that's not good. And for you, for me, it is. I hate <laughs> February. Well. So. March is my birthday month, and if you know me at all, you know that I'm not a big fan of my birthday. I'm a big fan of your birthday. Uh, thank you, sweetheart. Because it, you know, brought you into this world, and I have you with me now. So <laughs> it's a lot, of, a lot of straight line A B diagramming right there. Yeah, really. You know? But uh, anyway, yeah, no, um, just I'm looking forward to the month of March getting started and. Weather's starting to warm up. You know, I looked at the weather for the week coming up, and it's going to be in the 40s and supposed to hit 50 by Friday. And, you know, being in the... Downright balmy. Yeah, being in the Detroit area, that's exciting. Although I, I will admit that even though we got hit with a bunch of snow this week, um, I still don't mind it, and I still like it. Yeah, it's funny. They uh, they canceled schools before the snow even started. Mm-hmm. And that, that cracks me up because... I can remember we live in the same uh, county that I lived in as a kid and the same school district and everything. And I can remember that it took practically, uh, you know, massive blizzard or, you know, some type of Armageddon for them to even consider closing the schools down. And I laughed hysterically when I found out that they closed them before the snow even started, just because they were a little bit worried. Yeah, it's I, like, I still don't think it was even as bad as they said it was going to be. Really, it really wasn't. And the the funny thing is, is that are we talking about weather on our show? That's funny. Uh, the the uh, the funny thing is, is that it when it got started, it looked like someone shook a bunch of powdered sugar over the city. That's about <laughs> all there was. Yeah. It's like, really? We're not Atlanta. I survived the snowmageddon. Yeah. So it's ridiculous. But it is what it is. So, Um, One other thing that I would just like to mention on a personal level, if you don't mind. Sure. uh, We have, well, I have especially noticed a decline in the use of the hashtag that I created on Twitter, uh, hashtag keep talking MH. 
it was really, really popular. It was getting, you know, more than 10,000 usages on Instagram a day. And it was, you know, getting close to trending on Twitter. And uh, just in the last couple of months, and it's my fault as much as anything, because I haven't been using it as often as I should. But it, the the popularity has really declined. So I'm really just putting this out as a plea to anyone that's listening that uses Twitter to please remember, if you're speaking about mental health, use keep talking MH as a hashtag because, you know, we're all in this together mm-hmm. and this, we're a community now and we just really need to keep reminding people that it's okay to keep talking. MH. Hmm? MH. Yes, MH. Okay. So, yes. So please, please do. Please use it. Um, I've actually had a full court press uh, this morning with it and, uh, you know, just retweeting a lot of our friends that uh, have been posting and, you know, just getting, you know, trying to to make a dent and get it back out there. So um, thanks. Yeah. Thanks. So as for today. Today. Yes. On this 29th day, because it's leap year. Of Which is weird. February in the year of our Lord, 2020. <laughs> that all feels so strange to hear. But yeah, um, today we've got a, a really great guest that we're very excited about. Uh, you folks might remember that back in June, Joe and I attended a conference called Kindred Mind Matters. Yep. And... We were so happy to be there, and um, Laguna Beach is amazing. I mean, we we were there during what do they call it? Uh, June gloom. June gloom. That's it. Yeah. So there wasn't a lot of sun, but it was still amazing and beautiful. And and the hotel that we were in was fantastic. And I just I hope someday we get back into that that place at least for even just one night because it was <laughs> so amazing. Yeah, it'd be nice to go there for a vacation. But like it was that. a really well put together project, and you know we met so many people. And our guest today is one of the people that we met. He was kind enough to come over and sit with us at our table when we were both just kind of sitting there, just sort of absorbing everything that was going around. And he came and sat with us and talked about, um, you know, who we were and who he was, and we learned a little bit about him. And so he's, I've kind of wanted to have him on the show ever since. Yeah, he's very very warm and inviting person absolutely and uh you know not not bad on the eyes (laughs) (laughs) no he's 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 lovely and talented he's certainly not bad on the eyes honey i wasn't gonna go there but well you know i am i am comfortable in uh my own skin and in my my masculinity so i can i can say that good so all right. So yeah, and, I, besides, I got my humor going for me. So yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, this gentleman owns a, a a business where he does public speaking, and he's got a fantastic YouTube channel, and it's called Depression to Expression. Mm-hmm. So this morning we are welcoming for the first time to our show Scott St. Marie. Hello. You both are hilarious. I'm trying to stay silent here and not laugh at that last comment, but <laughs> thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. You two are also very warm and also easy on the eyes. Come on. We're not picking favorites here. <laughs> You're making me blush over here. 
Uh, how you doing? Uh, thanks for being with us. Hey, my absolute pleasure. Like, I, I know you, you both weren't complaining about the dusting and the snow there, but I'm calling from Toronto and, uh, <laughs> that's in Canada and we have plenty of snow <laughs> here. Plenty. Uh, we just have to use it right. It's not too great in the city, but if I go a little North, there's some ski hills and making the most of the winter. But snow mm-hmm. days are hard to come by here. Even if there's a few feet of snow, all the kids are like, mm-hmm. yeah, we're still walking. All the bus drivers are like, ah, this is nothing. We're going to put chains <laughs> on the tires. We'll be there in 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, uh, you know, it's, a, it's an interesting mentality here. It, you know, and the thing is, is that's how it used to be around here. You know, uh, it was, oh, you got two inches? Uh, enjoy your walk to uh, school, you know. And now it's like, oh, it might maybe snow a quarter of an inch close all the schools <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah 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 well that's um it, it's really interesting well we've all had grandparents or we have grandparents that are like well back in my day i used to you know have to walk five miles to get to school and cross an intersection and go through narnia to get there and now <laughs> uh and now kids are uh, parents are a little more protective and a lot of kids aren't even taking that walk to school. And if you're a mile away, you're still mm-hmm. on the bus route. And that's another discussion about resilience and, and mental health, of course, but uh, mm-hmm. happy to happy to go into detail and get your thoughts about that one too. Absolutely. <laughs> well, John, I, I didn't live that far from school from, you know, when I was in elementary school, that was a, it was a hop, skip, and a jump. So walking there wasn't a big deal. And then we moved, and uh, I uh, I was within walking range, but more often than not, my mom would end up giving me a ride to school, um, especially once I was in uh, jazz band and having to lug my guitar every day. So mm. I was rather rather grateful about that. So right, but uh, especially when I didn't have a gig bag and. Yeah. Hard shell case was oh, yeah. ridiculously Heavy. huge for a tiny guy like me. So, well, when it came when it came to taking the bus for me, it it, it didn't occur to me until I was older and and more aware of my symptoms and what I was dealing with. But I had a horrible, horrible anxiety attack anytime I even considered getting on the bus. Really? I mean, it was it was brutal. And Aww. after that point, my mom drove me for a few years and then then I rode with friends uh the rest of, of the time throughout high school we all you know shared my mom would let me take her minivan once in a while and I would pile a whole bunch of girls into it and, oh, and go around and act stupid <laughs> <laughs> you made your own you but, made your own bus mhm yeah But yeah, like that whole that whole idea of of school almost invites feelings of of anxiety like that. Even the situation in a bus, you're you're thrown into this thing. And first day of school, you don't know anybody, you don't know where to sit, you don't know where you're going, and and a lot's on your mind. And you're thrown into this social situation of finding a group, finding friends, finding classes. And, you know, when people say they're dealing with anxiety, I'm like, yeah, you know, that makes sense. That's a that's a stressful and very new and unknown environment for for a child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the, the funny thing is a, a revelation that we've made over the course of the last 
three, four years doing this show is that most, not all, but most uh, of the people that we've had on the show have seen their symptoms manifest uh, somewhere around puberty age. You know, mm-hmm. like that was just part and parcel. You know, you're going through your growing pains, you're going through physical changes, you're getting hair in new places. And, uh, you know, there's no reason why it wouldn't affect your brain either. And then you compound that with a new undertaking, like going to junior high or going to high school where, you know, you've got usually one or two central high high schools and you've got all these elementaries kind of funneling into it. So while you've got your friends that you grew up with, you've also got all these new people and trying to find your place in that microcosm of the world is, you know, daunting when you're, yeah. When you're dealing with all the other crap. That's so true. There's just so many variables and factors that, that go into these experiences. And personally, Mm -hmm. I was the same way late, late high school. Uh, You know, I, I, Still don't have a very hairy body, but you're right. Like hair was growing in places, <laughs> and uh, and and obviously like, that's just one thing. So you're worried about your your own image and how you're projecting that image to the world and your social situations and and people in school. And then in grade eleven, twelve, they're like, oh, by the way, uh, you have to figure out what you want to do in post secondary and what you want to do for the rest of your life. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I I was just focused on making the basketball team here. I'm just yeah. I'm just nervous about talking to a girl. Like that's what I'm concerned with. And you're telling me that I need to have a five, six, seven year life plan here, and, and while studying and still climbing this hierarchy of of social needs within this, as you said, Joe, microcosm. It is mm. just like a a mind workout. And and there again, what you what you both are doing is so great with this with this podcast and what you do and what you write about um just to have these conversations going and i'll be sure to share that hashtag rebecca even more since i'm more on twitter but it's just to keep keep this awareness going as far as as normalizing that experience because that experience is something that everybody goes through let's just talk about the high school experience or middle school or elementary school like that is mm-hmm. such a complicated time in someone's life. And, and you don't need to talk about, you know, a mental illness or things like that. But what if we just talked about the emotions around that experience and how difficult it can be for people? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's intimidating. You know, it's, it's, you know, you get that first day of school and you get the butterflies and, you know, all this excitement and stuff. And then, you know, out of nowhere, all of a sudden you're like, I really don't want to go to school. You know, you get the anxiety, you know, and it's everything kind of coming to a head, you know. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. speak, speaking of, you know, like like I said earlier, you know, things hitting around puberty and, and you know, all of a sudden your brain goes through changes and whatnot. Um, Scott, where does your particular mental health journey begin? Mm, uh, good question. So I would say around, you know, we could make the case, you know, through therapy for for quite some time. My therapist mm-hmm. and I tried to dig in and you try to find this point where everything happened. <laughs> it's it's a rather yeah. difficult task, right? And we all want to figure that out and, and piece together our past to kind of figure out and make sense of what happened. And for the life of us, we really couldn't 
like sometimes you can you can dig and dig and dig and uh, you know I came to a point I'm like I'm I'm tired of digging like let's just deal with the current moment and I don't need to piece together the past but what we did figure out was I was a fairly anxious kid at times I, I would I would the why was my favorite question just like every child but it was uh, you know, concerned about, you know, in kindergarten, where, where's my cubby? Where am I going to put my shoes? Who's going to pick me up? Who am I going to play with at recess? What if I go to recess and I can't find my friends? Who am I going to be with? Um, so the, there was worry, these worrying thoughts. And mm-hmm. it, it just continued. Um, and then high school was, you know, I, I didn't know what anxiety was. This is probably a common experience. I didn't know what these feelings were. I didn't know what to, I didn't know the word the words in term mental health, no idea, no idea. Mm-hmm. So in grade 11 and 12, I would start becoming so anxious before social gatherings and parties where I would, where I would throw up before, before going to a house party. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Something's wrong, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just, you know, nervous. That's okay. So I didn't really think much of it. And then university came along and as we just spoke about those, those social pressures and you're in university, I'm like, I'm paying for the whole thing. I just saw my bank account drop $12,000. So the pressure's mm-hmm. on there to perform, the pressure's on to, to meet friends, to learn, to, again, um, make a name for myself. So there's a lot of pressure and anxiety just, just really manifested since it wasn't dealt with um, in the right way in the past, right? And that's what happens. It's almost, it just keeps stacking on. It's that snowball effect until the snowball eventually starts rolling the other way and it, it crushes you. So I, I was pretty crushed first year university. And with that anxiety, depression came along. And that's when I was really like, okay, uh, something's definitely wrong here. You know, I'm not doing the things mm-hmm. I want to do. I can't eat. I can't sleep. I can't study. I, you know, these intrusive thoughts that I've never had before. So the self-awareness for me was, I was pretty lucky to have that. And right away I, I told my, uh, my roommate at the time, Kyle and a few other friends, I'm like, something's wrong. And it was the first time I went to a counselor and spoke to a counselor at university. And, and that was, you know, uh, integrated in the tuition fee. So luckily I got mm-hmm. some a few sessions, uh, at no cost, which is a big, big issue when people are seeking treatment and the cost is unbelievable if you're not covered by insurance. So I was lucky yep. in that regard. And, and honestly, the, the story continues with just like one small step after another guys. And I'm sure you can relate as well as your listeners. This wasn't an overnight fix. It's like, yeah, I went to a therapy session for an hour and I feel great. Everything's back <laughs> to normal. Okay. And I can wipe my hands clean. Um, it, it, it wasn't anything like that. It was a process after months and months and then trying psychiatry and then uh, trying medication and then trying uh, diet changes and supplements and, and different exercises. And it's been a year journey and that, you know, diagnosis of uh, anxiety and disorder and major depressive disorder was 2008. So it's been a 12 year journey so far. And Mm -hmm. the cool part is that I'm still learning like about, about depression, about anxiety. And I can, you know, invite others to try different things to deal with these and, and just learning more about myself is, I think, one of the coolest things. And if it wasn't for these past experiences, I wouldn't be where I am today. And I always, you know, invite people to think about that. If you don't regret where you are today, then how can you regret and frown upon what you went through? So I don't regret where I am. And therefore, I, I am grateful, actually, of, of what I went through. 
and here we are. Yeah. That's that's a pretty cool outlook on that. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I would have to you agree know. with you there. Yeah, because you you know you don't really think about it at the time. You're like, oh, why am I so miserable? Why am I going through this? Why does God hate me? Why does mm-hmm. you know any number of things and beliefs and you know what have you you know regardless of background you have all these thoughts but you, you know you don't realize that you know you're on this journey and it's it's kind of nice because you know you're obviously you're you're younger than us so um you know we are not by in our, <clears throat> we're in our mid-40s what and, uh yeah Okay, I well, we met we met in person at, at Kindred, as you mentioned. I did not. Did we discuss that? I thought you guys were my age. No. Joe, I know, no. I know the hair gives it away for you. You think, but you both look really <laughs> young. I swear, I'm thirty. Okay. I thought you were my age. I'm dead serious. I'm going to yeah. be forty-seven. Oh my goodness! <laughs> what? Yeah. I yeah. think you both be... need to hide behind the microphone. You should, you can, you can do YouTube videos. <laughs> Show your faces out there. Don't be afraid. You look great. <laughs> well, thanks. Thank um, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll be, I'll be 46 in April. And you know, for us being in our 40s, you know, we've got, uh, the, you know, the benefit of hindsight now, um, being able to look back on like our 20s and what we went through back then and everything, and it's kind of cool that, you know, you, you said you're, you're 30 and you're able to kind of already look back on what you've been through with this experience and have some insight to it, you know, which is, you know, that's it's hard to come by. It is. It's, it's hard to do. It's hard to, to come by to have that type of uh, insight. So, uh, well, well, you guys did you. the same. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate that. And of course it, these perspectives don't come easy. It's something I no. continually work on. And, and, you know, when you're in the midst of, of that, you, you, you can't look forward and think, Oh, it's great that I'm going through this. Cause I'm going to be grateful one day. It's hard mm-hmm. and nearly impossible to have that perspective. Um, so yeah. again, I just, you know, I stated just one small step at a time and anyone who's gone through a severe mental illness and can resonate with that. It's like one, one breath at a time, to be honest, you can't even look forward an hour. It's like, yeah. let's, let's just focus on uh, boiling the water, putting the tea bag in, having a sip, one sip at a time, one step at a time. And, uh, and really just go from there. But the, the cool thing is, is once it is over and it will pass that you can, add meaning to that suffering, which is, I think, a very valuable thing. And it's what you both did with, with your journeys is you started this, you said you were getting 10,000 mentions a day on Instagram of this keep talking mental health. And like, I don't know about you, but sometimes for me, it's hard to sit back and realize and give yourself a bit of credit. Like, wow, you know, I started this, this is what I did. It's positively affecting thousands and thousands of people Sometimes it's hard to sit back, but I'd, I'd invite you both to, to do that. It's incredible what you've done and to take that journey, that story, those extremely difficult and challenging times that you've both had and, and flip that baby upside down, right? Flip that <laughs> coin and see it from a new light and empower others. Like, you know, I'm 30 and I'm already like, geez, time flies. 
Uh, my mm-hmm. mom was right. The older mm-hmm. you get, and by by us doing something positive for mental health and for others and empowering others, like what else could you really ask for in this uh, very short life? Yeah, this is definitely. true. This is absolutely true. You know, and that's that's the 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 thing with it is, you know, perspective is is really a. a I don't want to say it. Um, it's sometimes hard to grasp, you know. Um, we've both gone through it with with various things we've worked on, and you know, once in a while, w- one of us has to stop the other and say, "Well, all right, yeah, maybe you haven't achieved this, but you know, you've done this and this and that, and it's had this impact on these people and and whatnot. And more often, it's me needing the uh, <laughs> a little bit of inspiration. Well, I didn't want to throw you under the bus. Honey. <laughs> Thanks, honey. I appreciate that. <laughs> but but yeah, you know, it's you know, trying to to take that step back and say, well, gee, you know, I I maybe I haven't achieved this, but you know, I've done all these other different things and maybe it's not on the scale that I expected, but, you know, it's still more than the next guy can well, that's how, say. That's how your mental illness works, though. Yeah. It, tell, it tells you that you're not good enough and you didn't do enough and yada, right. yada, yada. And it's 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 a struggle for, you know, I I see it every single day. Not only just in my own experiences, you know, to mm-hmm. your point, I see it on Twitter with friends and, you know, it seems like every day somebody has, somebody that I know personally ha- is experiencing, you know, that, that worthless, hopeless, where do I go from here type mindset. Right. And it's very difficult to figure out how to talk them down from that when you know yourself that you're struggling with talking yourself down from it. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's easier to tell somebody, Hey, you know, try this, go do this, whatever. Um, but when you know in your head that you're not going to go do the same thing, <laughs> you know, it's, it's it right. gets tricky. It's hard following right. your own advice sometimes, you know, that, that old saying physician, physician heal thyself, you know, um, mm. Yeah, like you know, I'd always had the uh the the quote unquote dream of being a rock and roll star and uh you know, just being a professional musician and all this stuff and you know, like I said, in my 40s hasn't happened. But I look at the experiences I've had along the way, the bands that I've been in, the places I've played, the music I've created and recorded and I know that that has had an impact on the people that would follow us, would go and see us play, would buy our CDs and different things like that. And, yeah, maybe it wasn't worldwide recognition or even national recognition, but it was still more than the next guy that doesn't even take the step of trying to join a band. Mm-hmm. So, you right. know, it's about it's about having that appreciation for what you've been through and recognizing, well, okay, it wasn't to the scale that I had put on my own expectation, but it was still something. I still did this. I still did that. 
And I have a, a an appreciation for for those experiences and going through it now. And I, I think back on all that uh, stuff fondly, you know. And right. And and know, I think so it's, it's no, I think it's like it very. Yeah, you know, I think a lot of people are are scared, and yeah, myself included. If you set the bar too high and you don't make it, uh, it's an automatic failure. So so people avoid even having that extreme goal of okay, I'm gonna aim for this, I'm gonna be part of this band, I'm gonna tour the world. But if you end up just not putting that goal forward, I think that's a maybe talk about regrets. It might be a bigger regret to say I didn't even try. And you yeah. say, well, at least I, I, I gave it my best. And another thing, too, is like self-doubt is one of the most destructive things. It, it comes yeah. from you. And then you're trying to convince yourself and then if self-doubt comes in. You're trying to convince yourself that that you shouldn't have self-doubt. <laughs> so it's really, yeah. really a, a complicated cyclical um, thinking mechanism that happens. But what I always think about too is we talk about, you know, not being as big as we, we want to be, or maybe not having the reach we once intended. But I always thought because with YouTube, it's a really interesting experiment. You know, I was really, really pumped at my first 10 subscribers. I was so, I was just like, Oh my gosh, 10 people look at 10 humans around the world. And then a hundred. And then when I hit a thousand subscribers, I remember my, my family, uh, my brother made this, um, it's like when you get a, you know, a diploma, he made like a, a YouTuber diploma for me. And he says, congratulations, Scott St. Marie on your first thousand subscribers brought to you by YouTube. And he made this plaque for me. And I was like, wow, that's so cool. And, and I always thought that I would become a happier individual with more reach I had and more subscribers. And it never ended up, that was never the case. So I yeah. always ask myself, okay, if I, you know, let's say you're, okay, what I want is to reach, um, do 50 talks. I want to reach 50, do 50 corporate talks this year. And I think about, okay, if I do 55, will I be any happier? Will that actually change the way I truly feel in the long term? And usually the answer is no. If you think about actually attaining that thing, you're you're removing yourself from the present and actually not enjoying the process anymore. And for yep. dealing with mental health challenges and for going through life, like if you miss out on the process, well, what else is there? If you're only focused on the end result, you miss the whole ride along the way. So even if even if I'm focused on achieving some goal or doing more talks at schools or corporations or more YouTube videos or more podcasts to to only think of the end result is is such a a lie to my psyche so personally i have to sit down and be like okay just remember like the days fly by as you all know time slips through our fingers time goes by fast and we need to really focus on enjoying and and just being okay that that this is a process and we can have an end goal if you don't reach it, you say, well, at least I was there during the process. Mm -hmm. I think that's a, a good feeling at the end. Even if you don't reach it, you say, I was present. I put the best foot forward I could. I did all I could do. Um, I focused on my own mental health at the same time. And, and this, is, this is what became of it. Indeed. Yeah, Indeed. definitely great it's, advice. It's so funny that you mentioned that too, because, you know, on last week's show, I was talking a lot about uh, uh, the rush 
song "Time Stands Still," and uh, beautiful. Yes, and and you're Canadian. You should appreciate Rush. Um, of course. <laughs> Rest and, in peace, uh, Neil Peart. That's right. And um, you know, I was talking about the the U.S. Army Band doing this beautiful version. And if you haven't checked it out, look it up on YouTube because it is it's it's amazing. Uh, our producer Scott actually found it and played it uh, at the end of our show last week, and I was in my glory. Um, but uh, you know, it really it really resonates with you know, especially as we're getting older, you know, being able to step back and enjoy the moment as you're living it, you know, uh, we, uh, we, something Beck and I have noticed lately as we've gone to different types of events, uh, concerts, sporting events, things like that is all the people that have their phones out and they're recording it. You know, and I, I get Joe, don't even get me for... started. Don't even get me started. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I get wanting to have something for posterity, but you know, we've actually kind of made a, I don't want to say a pact, but we don't do that anymore. You know, um, we try to sit there in the moment and enjoy it as it's happening and make a memory out of it, you know? And I think that process can really there's something to be said for it, not just in special events, but in everyday life, you know, um, with us, you know, I, I know we try not to, to talk about it too much on the show, but with us having our our niece and our great niece living with us and seeing our great niece who is uh, 15, months. 15 months as of Thursday, uh, seeing her grow and develop new things, starting to walk, discover all these different things, looking at life through her eyes and just taking a moment to appreciate her and what she's going through in her new life journey, um, it really it has an, a profound effect on you. You know, it really, really does. So, right. Well, I think I, the uh, what I always invite people to to ask themselves is, okay, you're, you're at a concert, you're recording them. Um, will you ever watch that video again? Yeah. That is the ultimate question. And for a lot of people, like I've never, cause I've done that. I've recorded a bit of a concert. I've never sat down and watched my footage again. And the joke is that you see people actually um, recording with their phones uh, fireworks. I'm like, mm-hmm. will you ever watch a fireworks show after tonight <laughs> on your phone? Yeah. There's no way. So no. It, it's almost habitual now because we want to soak it in so badly. And we were like, oh, I really. At Joe and Rebecca, as you just said, is is you sit and you absorb it. And I think mm-hmm. it's 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 far more deep if you, you soak it in that way and then you can access that memory so much better, you know, years from then by just revisiting that in your mind versus taking out your phone and revisiting in that revisiting that way. Your mind is a it's it's beautiful if you actually take the the moment and put in the effort and focus to actually say okay I'm gonna be here I'm gonna listen I'm gonna take in the environment the smells the music the lighting the smoke machines and just really absorb it your your mind retains so much more when you actually do that mindfully. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, 
on that note, we're going to take a break. Um, so you guys stay tuned. You're going to be listening to Baby Blue Sky by Nick Hayward, and uh, we will see you guys on the flip side. for Change 2.0. I'm Joe. She's Rebecca. She's cute as a button. Look at her, guys. Just look at her. <laughs> so cute. And then she chuckles because she knows I'm an never, idiot. You'll never understand the fact that nobody can see me. I don't care. <laughs> I I don't care because you're cute. Okay. And people can look at you. They can go and find your pictures on wherever. So, um, <laughs> anyway, uh, on the line is the lovely and talented Scott St. Marie. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. 
I think our producer Scott might have <laughs> left his mic open, and we can hear him talking to his mom in the background. Oh my gosh! Which, which is awesome <laughs> and adorable because we love. So another his mom. two special guests, yes, yeah. Scott right. and his mom, and another Scott. Okay. <laughs> this won't get confusing at all. Oh my goodness! Just keep moving forward. Just, just go. We don't want to eavesdrop on mom's conversation. So. That's right. If we talk louder, it might drown it out. I'm not sure. That's that's my hope. Yeah. So. Uh, oh my goodness. Uh, so, Scott, how did you turn public speaking and a YouTube channel into such a successful business? Oh, that's a great. That's a great question man that's right all right so here here are scott st marie's six tips for success okay um no i'm just kidding <laughs> i'm not uh, that, that's one thing i never did is do... oh is there a way we can contact scott no, we're, we're scott. trying to <laughs> okay um I'm like I'm like trying to talk over it, but it's in my headphones. Come on, Scott. Yeah. I thought we were friends. <laughs> okay. Um. Uh, Honey, call and get on your phone. Okay. And call the call-in number. Okay, I can do that. I am uh, so sorry, Scott. Yeah, we. Uh, that's oh, okay. That's okay. Oh, I think it. Uh, did it clear up? Oh, he's typing something back. Let's see what he says. <laughs> oh my uh, gosh. Uh I'm I'm not gonna get into why he that all happened, but um I, I he hope apo- he apologizes. He apologizes and we hope everything came out the way he hoped. So um <laughs> Anyway, uh, it's so quiet now. It's like when you didn't realize like a fan was on and then it finally turns off. You're like, wow, it's so clear. <laughs> um, so you asked about uh, speaking in YouTube. So I, I yeah. started my YouTube channel uh, back in 2013, not very seriously, but I'm like, oh, there's this YouTube thing. And, and, you know, mental health isn't really talked about on YouTube. So I thought I'd be one of the, there was a few um, women doing it, but, but no men. I'm like, Hey, why don't I, why aren't I, uh, why don't I be the first man to talk about mental health on YouTube? And of course you upload videos and no one watches, but slowly, but surely, just like that snowball effect, people started, you know, viewing and and catching in and, um, or sorry, catching on and, and subscribing. And you know, what I found was, uh, this was actually fairly until fairly recently was I, I, I loved, you know, uh, interacting with subscribers, but what I really like to do was the the live streams with because there's hmm. there's back and forth interaction and I could answer questions and then I started doing live streams where they were on video too with my uh, private community members hmm. and that was so fun so I'm like wow what if I I tried some in person speaking if I if this is better than speaking to a piece of plastic where I can't see anyone the next best thing is speaking to people, you know, via video chat on live streams and actually seeing them. So I guess the third best thing would be to, to speak to people in person to get that real eye contact, those, right. Those pheromones, let's see people's facial expressions. (laughs) And I did it. um, My first talk was at, uh, I I worked for um, a speaking company at first and it was just at schools talking to high school and elementary school kids. 
And then I was hooked. I just, I just fell in love with it to, to actually interact with them, to ask questions, to, to share the, this strange, somewhat mystical idea of mental health and to set the record straight and to add some humor to these topics. And I just loved public speaking. So YouTube is now, it's, it's still a passion project, but speaking is really when I feel I, I come alive. And it, it's, it's, it's such a rewarding feeling to have such insightful questions from an audience and have, especially for children too, having them really understand and not feel guilty about the way they feel. I think that's a big, that's one big part of my presentation. It's, you know, as we were talking about elementary school and I, I've presented to as low as JK, but mostly it's grade four uh, in elementary school, four to eight, and then high school, nine to 12. But grade four, that's when people like usually get their first cell phone. So I do talks about social media and mental health and screen time and then parent groups. But for kids, I think one of the biggest things is what we just talked about is, okay, like don't feel ashamed and don't feel guilty about what you're feeling. Like let's, let's start where you're at that, you know, the, the school's a new environment, you're meeting new people, you're anxious about, you know, a test and you're worried that you won't get a good mark. These are all emotions that we should first seek to understand first and not feel guilty about, not feel ashamed because that mm -hmm. just makes things a whole lot worse. So when we come to this, this idea and come to terms with accepting these things first and starting where we are, it's a classic like therapist line. It's like, let's start where you're at, start where a, mm -hmm. a patient or client is at and then move from there. So we start there and, and really move forward. So it's just, again, speaking to a piece of plastic and, and uploading YouTube videos is cool just because, um, you know, it's content and I always have these funky ideas and I'm just like, Hey, I may as well share it with the world. Why, why not just put it out there? <laughs> if it's, if it's a new way of thinking of things or some new funky idea, but as far as what gives me a lot of energy and life and, and a real feeling of fulfillment, um, this, the speaking is just fantastic. And I'm one of the worst, uh, I'd say entrepreneurs because Anyone who knows anything about marketing is like, well, Scott, you have to pick your target demographic. Who do you want to speak to? I'm like, I just want to speak to everyone, though. And that's <laughs> terrible. That is terrible marketing 101. I'm like, but I want to speak to kids about phone use and, and, and elementary school and high school and then transitioning to college or university. But then I also want to talk to adults and, and parents of, of kids and how to deal with, you know, screen time and cell phone addiction and how to help someone dealing with anxiety. But then I want to talk about workplace mental health and what corporations can do to support their employees. I can't win. And then I want to go on Rebecca and Joe's podcast to talk about this stuff. So it's, <laughs> it's a whole umbrella I, again. So as an entrepreneur and finding a niche, I'm terrible, but it just, it brings me a whole lot of joy to talk to a whole bunch of different, uh, different demographics. That's, That's awesome. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So as far as like answering long. your question, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but answering your question, like how I got that mindset of curiosity, because I'm like, huh, if I like live streams a lot and interacting with people, well, what about speaking? Like I've seen some, some, I've gone to conferences and seen some talks. I wonder if that would be cool. Oh, let's give that a shot. Call myself the human guinea pig. Oh, let's see if that's cool. Let's see if that's fun. 
And if I did speak and I was like, nope, I just puked on stage. That did not go well. Okay, I really don't like it. Never. At least I know now, right? A really right. powerful thing for me is, you know, knowing what you don't like is just as powerful as what you do. So when exactly. trying, you know, I'm sure you, you both have been in a lot of, you know, had a lot of jobs as, as you grew up and until now. And what's important too is, okay, you figured out, what you really don't like in a job and what you really don't like in a work environment and what you really don't like is in this certain band or what you really don't like with this podcast. So you're going to make your podcast a little different. So it's almost uh, crossing off things is just important as checking off boxes. So it was just a, a fun little journey for me and it's, it's continuing to, uh, to grow. Sweet. Yeah. And, and you yeah. also were, were able to have a, a TEDx talk too. What was that experience like? That was a fun experience so it was at the the science center in toronto uh which is really cool so a really nice auditorium and i was pretty early in my speaking career too so that was like uh, you know being in an auditorium like that i'm like whoa this is new and it's being filmed what's going on um (laughs) but i i wrote a whole ted tedx talk and literally it was about um the news and how it kind of promotes negative thinking and, 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 and that, and how it affects mental health. Um, so it's a pretty cool topic, but I, and I practiced it and you have to go and practice it in front of, um, front of like kind of a board of directors and they give you tips on your talk before you actually go on stage. And I did all that. And then about, you know, maybe two weeks before the talk, I'm like, I spoke to my speaking coach who, who helps you out for these TEDx events. And I'm like, I, I don't want to do this topic. I have a different idea. Like it just, it mm. seems artificial to me. I'm not really passionate about it. And she says, Scott, you just follow your heart, man. You, you rewrite it, do what you got to do. So I rewrote just my experience with depression and the TEDx talk is called why you should question everything. And mm. it's, it's a bit about, you know, being skeptical in today's age with the age of information. That's one thing. But the biggest part for me is how asking questions and having that curious state of mind is the one thing that that brought me out of depression. Asking questions was the is is the start of actually finding helpful solutions. So you know, when I was feeling depressed and couldn't eat, couldn't sleep, I asked, okay, what happened? What what had changed in my life? What can I do to feel better? What options are out there? Should I talk to someone? And you know, it, it takes a certain mind because we can always ask these questions and nothing happens and you kind of get that uh, paralysis analysis. But asking questions for me was uh, a absolute blessing to be curious about your own reality, to be skeptical about reality, to seek the best possible information for for treatment and to learn more if you're, if you're dealing with a mental health challenge can you ask your doctor certain questions? Can you do certain research? Um, of course, within reason, but having a curious mind, it's the only reason I get up in the morning to, to learn something new, to meet new people, to discover something new in my neighborhood and discover something new about the world. It is, um, it's like, honestly, why I continue to, to get up. But it's, it's, it's as simple as that. It's, Funny that you mentioned that, and I, there's so many different things I want to speak to to what you just said. Um, I'll, I'll start with the the quickest one, which is I have been to the Toronto Science Center. Um, very oh, yeah? very cool place. Yeah, yeah. Back when I was in sixth grade, we took a trip to Toronto. 
So um, no that's kidding. all. That's, of course, you needed a passport. Yeah. So that's all I'm going to say about that because I could go down a rabbit hole with that, and I really don't right. want to because I want to actually talk to talk about what you talked about. The question right. of why is amazing uh, to to me. You know that having an understanding of things and how they work and all that. You know, I uh, when I was in high school, I took electronics for two years, and out of it, all I really learned how to do was solder. But um, <laughs> The big thing for me, the big thing for me was understanding why, you know, mm-hmm. and my teacher wasn't very good at understanding why. And that's why I didn't get it, you know, and, and that's the, the funny thing. And, you know, he'd be explaining something. I'd be looking at, at it and going, well, why? Why, why mm-hmm. does it do that? Or why doesn't it do that? Or why does it do it this way? And this does it that way. And, you know, it's so it's such a tiny little word, but it can be so profound you know that's amazing yeah yeah so well it's it's even well the the whole sorry sorry to cut you off joe the whole reason you know when you ask these things is well a lot of the time the answer if you ask a teacher or you know why is this why is this corporation why aren't they providing mental health benefits to the to their employees well you know it's it's the way it's always been or a teacher, mm-hmm. why is the curriculum, why are we still learning to square dance in grade four? Oh, it's the way it's always been. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, how do we change this? Why is it the way it's always been? Why are we fearing change? What are the, the factors going into these decisions? So you're absolutely right. Why needs to be at the forefront of, of education, of, of workplace, not only mental health, but total workplace um, of initiatives. So uh, I'm, I'm totally with you there. And, the why is why is why I get out of bed. There, there you go. <laughs> so we're getting down to the wire here. We're gonna have to sign off with you soon, but which, um, which really sucks because yeah, I'm enjoying we're the conversation. conversation. Yeah, but without well, we give you, you the opportunity. Oh, sorry. You two come on my my podcast, or we'll we'll meet in person and we'll continue the conversation. This will not be the last time. <laughs> okay, Absolutely. That sounds good. So why yeah. don't we move into um, have you tell folks about your social media where they can find you and hunt you down if they want to. <laughs> Absolutely. So the my website is hey I'm gonna toot my own horn here. I worked with an awesome designer. My website's beautiful. It really is. It's called it's depressiontoexpression.com, and uh, you know that's that's my business name depression to expression. If you just Google it, there my YouTube channel will pop up. It's youtube.com slash depression to expression. My Instagram is instagram.com slash depression to expression. All you need to do is Google it and Google does the rest of the work for you. All you need to do is double click a few things, hit subscribe. If you want to join my email newsletter where I give away uh, merch and journals and t-shirts and uh, all those goodies, feel free to just go to the website. Everything is there. Depression to expression.com. Free stuff. Woohoo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's how you get people to go. Uh, you want free stuff? Okay, go to the website. <laughs> yep. To to which you get woohoo. That's <laughs> right. Um, well stay on the lines, uh, Scott, and uh we will catch up on, on things and everybody else, you're gonna be listening to the song Dare to Dream by Michael Mott. And we see you next week. We'll see you next week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh we love you all and uh keep talking mental health. Keep talking mental health. Keep talking yeah. mental health. <laughs>
unkind Yet I was determined To press through the fog and the steam So I dared to dream Now there's a world clear as the day Nothing and no one can Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.